0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What a beautiful
1: throw by the Baker. Big job! Hasta la vista, baby! Welcome to the OBR Film Breakdown. I hope you guys had a great... 4th of July weekend, Uh, I should introduce myself as usual, this is Jake Burns hosting. I would have loved to have gotten a podcast out yesterday, but it had been a ridiculously long weekend, and it was what I would envision a war zone would sound like. I have not served, I have not uh, ever been in a firefight, but the constant booming going on around this neighborhood in Columbus Again, I would imagine is what a live war zone sounded like. So you could imagine my setup is not in the basement, and even if it was in the basement, I'm sure the sound would have gotten through. But I could not record much last night, so maybe poor planning on my part. But the year off from fireworks in 2020, uh, I forgot just how crazy Americans love fireworks. So you know we're uh, we have no we have no podcast for yesterday. If you did not get a chance to check out over the weekend, Jordan Zerm and I did a podcast where we kind of double recorded earlier in the week. And we wanted to talk about two different things that ended up taking too long. So we talked about Jersey rankings earlier in the week for the alternate helmets and all of that stuff, what that looks like, what some cool ones can be in 2022. And as you saw today, what came out with the Browns releasing on July 24th, the alternate helmet throwback 75th anniversary. Look, we kind of hinted at some things there. So go back and listen to that one. We also did quarterback rankings. So we looked at guys over the next five years, would you take Baker Mayfield at what you, you think could be his contract number? Would you take him in the, in the next five years over these other quarterbacks? We went through a ton of quarterbacks and gave you our thoughts on whether we would take him, not take him, and kind of pin down through that conversation using over the cap, which does a great job with contracts and figures, sort of where his APY, is, his average per year dollar figure could be, according to some other quarterbacks in the league, if they sign him early. Or if they sign him later. And he has a really great season. So it's kind of the debate going on right now is how much you spend on him. So we did that too. So if you have not checked that out, please go check it out. Also last week, uh, we had on our AFC Contender Series, we had uh, Kansas City was up. They had a great interview with one of their beat writers. Go check that out if you want to learn about KC. We've also touched on the Bills the week before. We will have the Colts this week as we look at everybody who could be in the Browns' way. Realistically. Realistically. Sorry, Patriots fans. Realistically be in the Browns' way if they were to go... Uh, To the Super Bowl from the AFC So we're trying to mark out as many of those as possible Um, Now we shift to a topic that I think Is going to be interesting We're going to start looking at Position breakdown soon In the next few days We're going to start Maybe next week actually Is probably when we'll start looking at Position by position Training camp previews Who's on the fringe Who's the solid names All of those things Who's going to make the roster Who's the breakout candidates But I wanted to touch on this topic with Stephen Thomas, Mr. Brown's Daily Mock, how are you,
0: sir? I am good, my friend. And uh, just a quick note to touch on something you said earlier in the intro there as far as the uh, the uniforms and the helmets and everything, in case somebody missed it just within, I don't know, the last hour, maybe less than that, of the recording. Uh, our own Brad Steinbock put something in Rumor Central that he has learned about what the alternate helmets are going to look like. Of course, that's subscriber only, but I wanted to... Throw that out there for uh, for our subscribers. If you haven't checked Rumor Central lately, because it's the slow time of the year, uh, they, they're still him and Lane are still uh, putting nuggets in there, and that, that was pretty cool one uh, as far as the alternate uh, helmets and uniforms and stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. We got a pretty detailed write up of this, so you should check it out if you're interested in that sort of thing. Or join the OBR if you haven't. Also, a quick uh, note: the OBR is going to Twitch. I'm going to mention this on every single podcast. Twitch is not just a video game platform. It is a live streaming platform. We are taking all of our OBR content there. We are nearing 100 subscribers, and we haven't even launched anything on it yet. We're not going to really put up any content until training camp kicks off July 26th, 27th area. So go there. Be a subscriber to the channel so that when things pop off, you are going to be ready to join us for that live content. I'm talking crazy packed weeks. ...of non-stop Browns content that you can tune into every single night featuring myself, Stephen, Andy Lytle, and all of the OBR staff, Lane, Fred, Barry, everybody will join us throughout the week. We will have a ton of fun stuff. We can't wait to reveal more, but for now, the thing you should be doing, and we have an article up on the OBR website, how to go to Twitch, create an account, join, subscribe, get the app on your cell phone... All that fun stuff. You should do it. It's going to be a crazy fun time when we get that rock and rolling this year. It's going to make our Browns coverage even better. Can't wait to do it. Um, Steve, we're going to talk about guys every single year you go into the season. And I use this example because it's very recent and I think it makes sense. Demarius Randle. After the 20, 2018 season, Demarius Randall is all about in the He has a great year. It's all about in the offseason, about in his next contract. What's his focusing on? Constant question is what Demarius is. What's your next contract look like? Well, he goes out in twenty nineteen, lays an egg, and he's floated around. He might be out of the league. Did he get signed by anybody? He might. You might be out of the league. I can't remember. But the question. I to think me, he
0: wasn't he in Seattle. I don't. know. I not thought sure. he was in
1: Oakland last year, but maybe he wasn't in Oakland. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't heard. him. I could check. I got a computer up in front of me. But the the thing is, like every year, it seems for there's always a guy or two who you never expect to. Uh, come out and and play well, and he he blows up, and then all of a sudden he's a guy you have to keep. Could be a contract year guy, could not, but then it's like, okay, that guy's a pillar of our franchise. There are also these guys like Demarius who come out, expected to do great things, had a good year, and then they fall off. And it's like, okay, this guy then moves on, the Browns don't bring him back, there's no point in keeping it together. So I wanted to see if there are any candidates on this roster. I'll let you kick us off, and there's no fine number that you can start and stop at. You can go as many as you would like. So... Give me guys you think are going to to come out this year, Steve, and kind of nail down that they're a part of the future of this franchise and are going to be guys that at the end of the year, as the Browns are making so many key decisions about their roster with guys they got to extend or keep around, fill in the holes, whatever, they're going to have to keep these guys. Who Who do you have as some potential targets there?
0: Yeah, there's a few. It's interesting, uh, especially when you consider the fact that, as we all know, for the second year in a row, there's a lot, a lot of one year deals out there. Um, so the opportunity is there. The carrot is there for a lot of these guys. And when uh, we discussed, you know, what we were going to talk about, uh, we, we wanted to stay, you know, away from the obvious, because I mean, the obvious, you know, David Njoku would be one of them. Um, you know, we all think that he can be really, really good. And I think in this offense, uh, he has a second year of this offense. He has an opportunity to go out and just blow the league away and make, make them keep him. But that's kind of an obvious one. So I sort of searched, uh, for some non-obvious ones and I got, I have three from different angles. First would be Anthony Walker. We'll stay on the second. We'll go on the second level of the defense there. Um, when he was signed as a free agent this year, the Um, there was a lot of Colts folks that were upset. And we all remember, um, you know, that he's the smartest guy in the locker room who, you know, who I am uh, from uh, Darius uh, Leonard about uh, it's all because of walk and all this kind of stuff. And then you start watching his game. And I looked at some film stuff that you did on him and some other people. And I think he is a better fit for what we think the Browns are going to run on defense, the style and the scheme and the athleticism and the you know, the free flowing and the versatility and all that kind of all the words that we've said, I think his skill set has a chance to really, really fit in well there. And when you look at the uh, the makeup, the current makeup of the second level, uh, all the linebacker rooms, it's a lot of young guys on rookie contracts. And then, you know, you got walk and uh, Malcolm Smith. And I think. I think it could be after this year, uh, if things go the way they can on paper, the three main guys in that linebacker back room could be Walk on a pretty decent contract and then Jacob Phillips and everybody continues to put JOK in that in that room. So we'll just leave him there for discussion purposes, both on the rookie contracts. Um, now when I say, you know, veteran contract, I'm not talking, you know, uh, you know, 15 million for, um, Levante David or something like that, but a decent sized contract enough to make him want to stay. I think that could be the linebacker room, uh, going into this year. Um, did you want to go like one each or did you want me to just keep going and no,
1: yeah, no, knock your guys out and I'll add to your list.
0: Okay. Okay. So that that's one that I thought just from you know, an opportunity standpoint, an opportunity angle and a fit and scheme and all that kind of thing angle. The, uh, the second one, it's actually one and a half, I guess, because it's, it's one of the two, uh, uh, Clowney and Tack McKinley. Everybody has said, <clears throat> oh, the, you know, the Browns have to draft an, an edge is definitely high on the list for next year because neither of those guys are going to be back because they're on one year contracts and everything. And that may end up being the case. But I think if this defense performs the way that we all anticipate it can, excuse me, and the front wall is a driving force of that, which again, we all anticipate it will be, that they may have a decision on one of these two guys. um, Because if. You know, Clowney uh, and and Miles form the duo that we think they can. He may decide, you know what, this is the perfect place for me. I'm not going to get that edge one $25 million contract that I've been trying to get for five years, but I'm going to get a decent sized contract. And I get to play beside a guy who makes me look freaking great and we can win and, you know, makes my job easier and all the things that we've been talking about. Um, and so if it, you know, Clonnie goes out and has, I, I don't know, pick a number, you know, 10 sacks and, you know, 40 hits and, you know, whatever a great year and figures out, Hey, you know what, this is the perfect fit for me. They may try to find a way and he may uh, want to find a way. Now, if he, you know, doesn't have a great year or gets hurt or does want to go out and seek that edge one contract. And Tack McKinley is the guy that plays well off of, uh, miles, then, you know, he just, slide his name into everything that I just said about Clowney. So I, they could very well both be gone for next year because, as you've said, and everybody knows, there's a ton of contracts that are up this year, and they just can't pay everybody. It's just impossible. But I'm not so sure it's a done as much of a done deal as some people uh, are saying, and so that's the angle from which I put those guys in, that they may perform to the level where they have to keep them. The last one, I, I thought about this one for a long time, and I it's going to surprise some people because, well, let, I'm, let's just say it's oh, I'm going to say Odell Beckham. Uh, everybody knows the contract situation with him and Jarvis. Everybody knows the numbers. It's 30 million plus. It's all of that stuff. We all know that. However, and, and, and as you and I have talked about, Jake, let me say this, too. I would be absolutely stunned. I would be Clark Griswold, head sewn to the carpet level, shocked if both he and Jarvis are back next year on their current contract with their current numbers. However, if they go out and this offense performs the way we think it can, and if Odell Beckham has the year that I have been saying for a long time, I think he's going to have a monster year. I think he's going to be huge, and I think he is going to be a large part of the engine that drives at least the passing part of this offense. He may be the guy that everybody else feeds off of, and Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski may sit down at the end of the year and go, Okay, we got to find a way to redo this contract and rework it, and because it's just not going to be the same without a guy like Odell Beckham. So, from a contract reworking standpoint, I, there are some people who will be surprised. Uh, because uh, depending on which parts of Brown's media you listen to, there are some saying, you know, hey, enjoy this last year of Odell and Jarvis because they're not going to keep them both and they're both going to be gone and things like that. And, and, and again, like I said about Clowney and Tack, that may end up being the case. But I think, I really believe that uh, he's going to have the kind of year that they will exhaust every possibility and every ounce of energy trying to keep him around, and that might surprise some fans out there.
1: I will only add one more player to that list, and it's a guy who I think you might have in a counter argument for the other side. I've thought Ronnie Harrison could play so well in this defense mm. Mm. that he could ultimately be a guy that they decide, like, we gotta make a hard decision between maybe keeping Troy Hill or not, or something like that. I know Troy Hill's got a long term deal, but when you look at it, they're outs. Um where they decide, like, we gotta figure out a way to keep this guy, because he he is he is changing games for us and I think he gets mm-hmm. lost in the shuffle uh, occasionally with with all of the talent they've brought in. the news about Greg Newsom and some success in the slot has my eyebrows raising because if he can be a guy who can play in the slot for them they might say okay now we have more people that we feel comfortable with handling that role if we need to uh, and and you could have yeah, it depends on greedy obviously but I know they can't keep everybody. I know Ronnie is a big target for a candidate if they can't keep everybody and I get that but I just sort of see an outcome where he makes a lot of those game-changing timely defensive plays maybe it's causing a fumble scoop and score you know last year we saw his pick six of Philip Rivers I just it's just a hunch that I that we could see a little bit more of him than than people thought and uh, they just decide hey man this is this is a guy we got to figure out a way to keep around. I don't know what that contract figure would look like, and and it could be that the contract figure becomes sort of outrageous and they can't keep him around. But he's somebody that I go to as outside of Njoku, who I obviously believe 100 in, uh, no doubt that I'm obviously in on 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 Clowny as a guy who can bounce back and 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 find a home here. So I'm with you on most of that. I just kind of wanted to throw Ronnie. You you might have it on the opposite side of the spectrum. Give me the other side of that.
0: Well, yeah, that, that's the other thing we're going to talk about, guys who might yeah. – and, and the term we used when we were discussing this was fall off, and I really couldn't I, – I don't have him in that category. I have him in this might not be back because of the one thing you said in there because of the contract because I agree with everything you said. I, I, I think you remember we had a text conversation um, when they traded a, a fifth, a fifth for him last year, and it was basically just sending pants dropping gifts back and forth for about forty five minutes, um, because I really like his game, and I really like running here, and like you said, I think he fits in super well with what everything we've heard that Joe Woods wants to do with this defense. However, as we've been saying, they can't keep everybody, and because they have Grant Delpit coming back. And they just signed John Johnson. Uh, Depending on what happens, if Grant Dalton comes back completely healthy and is everything that we think he can be, uh, Ronnie might be the guy, the odd man out. Not that they want to. I don't think his play is going to fall off. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he might be the odd man out for that. That's why he's on my list. Not the opposite of all the playing stuff on the field that you've been saying. Um, I just thought he might be a guy that's squeezed and actually three of the four guys on my might fall off list are in that same category. The only one I could think of outside of the obvious. I mean, we know, uh, you know, uh, Takitaki's got a, he's, his roster spot is nowhere near guaranteed. We all know Mac Wilson's roster spot is nowhere near guaranteed. So much like I said about Najoku, we wanted to stay away from the quote unquote obvious guys that have already been talked about in this situation. And the only guy I could find uh, outside of the obvious, is a guy I actually really like, and I know you and I have sort of gone back and forth on, and that's Jordan Elliott. Um, depending on what happens to the, I think he's he's poised to have a good year. I think he could have a really really good year. But if Andrew Billings comes back and does really well, and you know you got Tommy Togiai and Marvin Wilson, if at least one of those guys you know plays really well, and then one of the rest of them, Malik McDowell or you know whoever, name them all. Uh, sticks around or Malik Jackson has a great year and they decide to bring him back on another year because, you know, he's north of 30. So, you know, he may be out the door at the end of the year. He may get squeezed uh, out, even though he's on a cheap contract, just because they don't they don't appear anyway to want to to overpopulate the IDL part of the roster. Um, but I, I do understand because you posted some film stuff and, you know, I, I, your film stuff is fantastic and you're right more often than you're wrong that he didn't do a lot of things that I thought he could do last year as a rookie. Now, how was that due to the, the COVID situation? And the you know, the no in-person coaching and all that kind of stuff. We're going to find out a lot of that stuff, not just for the Browns, but all across the league this year. Um, but he's a guy that could be in trouble um, earlier than a lot of people, myself included, uh, might have thought a year ago when they drafted him. Cause I loved that pick. It was one of my favorite picks. Uh, and then the other two guys, uh, are, like I said when we were talking about Ronnie Harrison, are more in the contract mode, uh, and they're two beasts on the offensive line, and that's J.C. Tredder and Wyatt Teller. And before everyone starts shouting at their phone or their computer or wherever they're listening to this, let me explain, okay? I'm not saying I don't like these guys. I'm not saying I want them cut. I think they're both fantastic. I love them both. JC's north of thirty, and his cap number next year is all just shy of ten million dollars. So, with all these other decisions that they've made, uh, that they have to make, you gotta wonder, you know. And if and now if nobody steps up behind him, they can snap the ball on a cheaper contract. Then, absolutely, I have no problem keeping him around. And as far as Wyatt Teller goes, he's been in that group of contracts that everybody's been discussing. It's you know, it's Baker and Teller and Denzel, and you know they all and somebody's gonna get squeezed out. I I have been of the impression that they find a way to get it done with Wyatt Teller, and I, I really hope that is the case. However, the reason he made this list is because they have so many options on the in the backup uh, offensive line, and you and I have discussed that on previous pods. That if they go out and they really really like the play this year of you know pick your guy Drew Forbes Michael Don, if they give James Hudson reps at guard, you know they've got multiple options in there. They may ultimately decide after they've paid Baker, after they've paid Denzel, if they pick up somebody else's contract that we're not talking about, you know, if they've got to pay play clown pay Clowny a big number, they may say, you know what? we love you, Wyatt, but we've got Drew Forbes on a rookie contract for another you know whatever two years, three years, however long he got he has left. We just don't have the money left. So, uh, again, I'm not saying I want either of those guys gone, but we've been talking all year, all draft season, that the interior defensive line, be our offensive line beyond 2021 has multiple question marks on it that could go either way. So while I couldn't find a lot of guys whose play I thought was going to cause them to fall off the radar, uh, radar uh, those two guys were in the group that I thought just numbers-wise and backup-wise, because the Browns have more depth than they've had in forever— might ultimately surprise people if and not be back uh, as early as next year
1: all very good suggestions i think that the thing that happens it's one of the funniest things there's this cycle that happens the the draft it happens from the new year calendar you're on the draft and everybody thinks that their draft picks are going to be great you would be hard pressed to find anybody who says that they picked very many guys and they're like i don't think he's going to be good you know when your team picks him, you put the positive spin on him. You cut Larry mm-hmm. Ogunjobi. Cincinnati sees this great gem that you haven't hasn't been figured out yet, or whatever. You know that's just so rare that you see teams talk about how a player could fail because humans are built toward optimism it's just well most people are built toward optimism and you try to find the good in every situation so when you start discussing guys who you think can take a step back it gets dangerous because some people can come become offended who see the take or listen to the take and that's not what we're trying to ever do we're just talking that it's a realistic thing that the browns bring in players or have players on their roster who just don't perform as well as you maybe hoped I think Tack McKinley's a guy who we all have this high hope for. You can see the positive spin, you can hear what he says, but it just might not be there anymore. It just right. might not be there for him anymore at this level, and he might not he might not even find enough snaps to show you that there's something more there, especially with, you know, clowny and, and 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 trying to find roles for these guys. There just might not be enough. You know, a guy last year, for example, Carl Joseph. A guy who's bounced around, you know, he, well, he'd only been with Oakland, but you Cleveland signed him, kind of signs him. It's the same way as the Larry Ogunjobi discussion, where it's like, this guy's going to have, he's, I can see the role, I can see it working, he can do this, he can do that. He's just a little underwhelming. So you you have some good names there. I think all of those are, are quite fair. Jordan Elliott, I, I need to see it. Uh, I, I absolutely need to see it. I think uh, these are dangerous waters. But I do think we start to see a decline in Jarvis Landry. I just do. I just think that there's going to be times where they're going to want different receivers on the field to do different things. And that's going to mean that Jarvis is not getting as many targets as he normally does. If Odell stays healthy, there's no reason for him to see the target share that he did. So I think we see a drop-off statistically from Jarvis. And that might not matter at all. They might win more games when that happens. I love Jarvis Landry's time in Cleveland. I'm not trying to cut it short. I'm not trying to play that angle. There are people that play that angle. I'm not doing it. But I am looking at guys who are approaching 30 and could take steps back. They just could. You know, Jarvis isn't a great athlete as it is. You mix in getting a little older. You mix in an offense trying to do more explosive plays down the field. It's a logical step. I'll also mention another guy who I think is due to regress a little bit. And I don't know if it's mounting injuries or what. I just have a feeling Jack Conklin might not be as great as we have seen from him traditionally. Uh, to the point that they wanted to draft a tackle just to be ready for that. Whenever Jack's contract turns over, it's just a thought. It's a guy I could see taking a step back from a, you know, a pro football focused metric standings type of thing. Uh, I, I just, just think it could be in the fold. But it's hard to predict these things because... When you predict players are going to be bad, it means you think the team is going to be bad, and it's just not something we all want to think about in July, which is the season of optimism in football. So, it's just a couple names. You know, you can throw these at us, throw them in our face later in the year. Uh, I think that that that, that you could, you could certainly do that. I I think Kareem Hunt could see a regression numbers this year. I, I I definitely think it's in play if you give Nick as many carries as we're hoping they give him, and. Kareem got a lot of touches when Nick was hurt last year. I just think we could see, we could look at his, you know, pro football, uh, what do they call that? P, what is it? The metrics reference page, and see that his numbers dipped. So I think that's because if we all want Nick to have 1,600 1, yards, which we've thought is in play for him, probably have to see Kareem Hunt take a step back in terms of touches and snaps. So there's a lot of that at play. I definitely think Jordan Elliott's one uh austin hooper could be another one he started to trend Mm, a little mm -hmm, bit last mm -hmm. year can he bounce back it's in the fold but there's a there's a definitely a world in which you look at at the end of the year and you're like they got to keep david because i don't think it's going to work for austin anymore so that's in play i think these are some interesting candidates it could go either way and again i'm sure steve's going to echo me here in a second not trying to predict guys are going to fail i'm just saying these are guys who if you think about it every season some players take a step back that you didn't expect to take a step back when you look back on it at the end of the year so i try to kind of think of which guys that could happen to so that's that's where i'm at with some of those guys anyone else
0: we're forgetting i think those are both very fair names uh and i I, for some reason i just didn't even see uh austin hoover although i think we are both in agreement that i think he's going to have a bounce back year um but uh i i absolutely agree with your assessment there the other uh two guys i i'm with you and uh i have said this a few times and and let's just to to sort of add on to what you said we're not saying these guys are going to be bad we just said it you know it's a possibility because of the situation some of them might be out simply because of the contract number. because uh, we keep talking about that um, and if a guy like Kareem Hunt, if his if his touches drop and, you know, even though he's still producing with those touches, if he's simply not getting the ball as much, they may ultimately look at it and say that's not worth six you know, point whatever million dollars that he has on his contract. So uh, they may not be bad at all. They may have good years and still be out. Uh, and that's I think that's also the case. Uh, with Jarvis Landry, I think with Jarvis, you're right. He absolutely could regress a little bit, especially if Odell comes back and is even, you know, 85, 90% of Odell that we all remember, he's just going to demand, you know, a more, more touch it. He's just not that they're going to force the ball to him. A force like that just gets open and gets the ball a lot. So they, at, at the end of the year, they may look at and brace yourself. I'm going to say those three words. Jarvis Landry's contract and say it's not producing what we need at the position for that number. Um, I, I would go so far as to say if you forced me right now, uh, you put a gun to my head and forced me to choose uh, one of the two big contracts, guys with the big contracts in the wide receiver room who would be back. First of all, I would question your you know mental capacity because you know if you're putting a gun to my head for a question like this, you're taking it way too serious. But <laughs> beyond that, I, I would pick Odell has a, a far better chance um, just because of the contracts and the potential athleticism that he can contribute to this offense. Because if you think we've been saying all year and we said it for the second half of last year, think about how much space there would be for the other guys if Odell was here doing Odell things. How many times has everybody said that? And so if he goes out and does that, can you say the same thing about Jarvis? As, as, and I'm with you. I'm not trying to cut him short. I'm not an anti-Jarvis guy. I'm not that, okay, at all. I, I just don't think you can realistically say on the field – that what he does opens space or opens possibilities for other players and other weapons on a consistent basis, at least not nearly to the same level that Odell does. So I'm with you on both of those. Um, and, and no, I don't think there's anybody except for the obvious ones. And we weren't going to talk about the obvious ones. I don't really think there's anybody. I, I mean, there could be a rookie or a UDFA that blasts onto the scene, but you know, uh, what's their contract going to be? It's not, I, don't, I don't think it's Really worth seriously discussing at this point, anyway. Um, I, I think we've hit it pretty good here.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't see even if some of the younger draft guys are already big parts of the franchise. You need you need them to show it for a couple of years before you consider them. Right, consider them pillars. But you know, we think the quarterback's going to take a leap too. That that knows, goes without saying. Well,
0: and you know, if I, I, like some people are probably going to say, "What about DPJ? Don't you like DPJ?" Well, yeah, I do. I really like him. I think they stole him last year, and I think he has a chance to be a big contributor in this offense, but. The, the context of the question was who must they keep a- and if he's still in his rookie contract. So it, even if he goes out and has a great year, there's no decision to be made. Of course, they're going to keep him, and they're not going to pay him more, at least not this year, not for a couple more years. So some guys like that, like you were saying, the younger guys, I, they're not in this particular discussion because, you know, if they go out and play, I mean, if, if DPJ goes out and has an all pro year and makes the pro bowl and, you know, uh, catches two touchdowns in the super bowl of course they're going to keep him, and they're not going to pay him more so he's not in this particular discussion so if there's a few younger names out there like jake said that you think maybe uh, we should have included in this there are reasons for that indeed so
1: what we do is hold this stuff accountable we will check it at the end of the year go back and we'll we'll make fun of ourselves because we probably missed a guy or two so anyway this was fun steve i appreciate you man guys a reminder Keep reading Steve's work. He does a great uh, topic every Sunday of things he's thought throughout the week. You should read that. uh, Before he knows it, before he wants to hear it, we are going to be kicking up mock draft season. So it's approaching. (laughs) We're going to start looking at players. So keep your eyes out for that stuff. Steve, thanks, man.
0: Anytime, my friend. Looking forward to this season.
1: All right. That's a wrap, guys. Thanks to Steve for joining us. Thanks to you guys for checking out this podcast. Make sure you are sharing the word downloading it by subscribing automatically you will get that download leaving a review is always appreciated too uh, thank you guys as usual for checking out last week's work it was another good week we appreciate it and a reminder again about twitch create a twitch account join us it's very interactive it's going to be a ton of fun i hope you guys take the time to do that and check out the pre we're going to do a pre and post game show it's going to be great if you don't make it up to cleveland you're not one of the crazies who go to all the home games or you want to do it on the just the road games. This is a ton of fun. I think we can have great pre and post game shows. I'm going to start slowly teasing more of the things that we're going to be doing. The pre and post game show will be a ton of fun. Steve's great at it. I'm okay. I just uh, provide, like, I set the table for him to, to, to hit the home run joke. So, um, you know, join us. These two losers hosting a Brown show, and Andy's great at it too. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. So check it out, guys. Join Twitch. Join the OBRs Twitch. Become a follower you're notified. Thanks for joining today's podcast. Have a great Tuesday and go Browns.